0: This is episode 71 of the Travel Writing World podcast. And this is a bonus episode. As you know, I try to publish a new episode about every other week. And in this in between episode, I'm speaking with J.R. Patterson. James is a freelance writer, and he also reviews books for the Travel Writing World website. In this episode, we talk about his approach to reviewing travel books and his article on Hidden Compass, where he recounts his experiences and failures traveling down the São Francisco River in Brazil. I recommend that you check out his article at hiddencompass.net. We also talk about leaning on the travel literature of the past, the role of the self in travel books, and the art of the book review. Anyway, before we start the episode today, just a note to say that while the show is free, a lot of work goes into it. Please tell your friends about the show, leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app or whichever podcasting app you use, or support the show with only a few dollars, pounds, or euro a month, less than a cup of coffee, at travelridingworldcom forward slash support. And finally, if you're interested in getting my free monthly roundup of travel writing news delivered to your inbox in a newsletter I call Genius Loci, visit jeremybasetti.com to sign up. A new issue will arrive on the first of the month. So now, here is James Patterson. James, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Happy to
1: finally be here.
0: So just to introduce you to the listeners, uh, you're one of the Travel Writing World website's book reviewers, (laughs) and you're also a freelance writer. And uh, one of your pieces, it was announced recently, uh, will appear in the, let me see if I can get this right. Best British travel writing of the 21st century anthology, which is due out next year. So congrats on that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I, I am I'm positive nothing will be written in the next 80 years that will top <laughs> these pieces. It's almost a guarantee now. So I'm happy to preempt 80 years of liter- literature. And uh, claim my space.
0: Yeah, the avant-garde uh, in travel writing. But I want to talk to you about uh, the art of reviewing books. Um, but before that, and, and perhaps we can chat about your recent article on Hidden Compass. Uh, the article is called "The River Has No Hair," and it's about a trip you took down the mm-hmm. São Francisco River in Brazil. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the article?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so, like you said, this piece is has been published on a, an online travel magazine called A Hidden Compass. And the piece is uh, sort of um, a Heart of Darkness style travelogue that <laughs> follows me and two companions of mine as we, as we raft down the San Francisco River in in Brazil. And it, that's a, it's not a well-known river, but it's a, it's a well-known river within Brazil—it's sort of the the river of national unity—and um, my my partner had uh, this offer to go to Brazil on some medical work, and I I went down with her, and we sort of formed the this um, trip idea as sort of a pre-vacation for her work, and um, we took an inflatable raft, and we. Had this vision of um, descending this long, long river uh, through Brazil and sort of coming out on the other end of it. I imagine that I would have this story that would be a very uh, saleable, adventurous thing that would would in in one sense kick off my travel writing career, um, and that's sort of where the story picks up mm-hmm. and um, where where those where that expectation met with its
0: demise All Right. it's interesting you mentioned heart of darkness i'm just wondering um if, if you were the the kurtz or the Marlowe figure here <laughs> but um, well <laughs> yeah, yeah a little bit of both i mean uh
1: um maybe also the conrad figure um mm-hmm. you know i am a big uh, fan of conrad and he I took a lot. I took a lot from his work when I was trying to dissect what exactly uh, this trip was ultimately going to be about for me. And yeah, I think you know that's the beauty of of, of taking um, inspiration from other, other works is that you can you can see yourself in these horrific characters. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned Conrad here in the article. Uh, you also uh, mentioned consulting another interesting figure let's put it like that uh, uh, Richard Burton who mm-hmm. is well known for having uh, snuck into Mecca and mm-hmm. uh, wrote about his tales and you know he, he's done some other kind of questionable acts and for in, in the name of writing about his adventures so you consulted his his one of his uh, works the the Highlands of Brazil as you went down the river um, but this reference, uh, as you as you mentioned, the article proved to be a bit counterproductive in your uh, in your career in, in that story yeah. in particular. I was wondering if you could yeah. explain how uh, Richard Burton ultimately problematized or, or led you to failure in Brazil.
1: Yeah, you, you know, you you mentioned his his questionable acts, which which is interesting because. What he did, this you know, sneaking into Mecca and um, his various exploits in Africa looking for the source of denial, they they certainly weren't questionable back in then. the time that he was doing them. they were they were lauded and applauded. Um, and I mean, I certainly was more an aficionado of the Victorian um, traveling style at that time, and we were, we're talking 2018, we're not talking years and years and years ago, uh, I was just more familiar with that Victorian style of travelogue of of that way of writing and that way of looking at the world, solely because of my own literary predilections. And um, you know, I, I took a lot of ways in which he uh, approached the world and was was in a sense applying them to a modern world. Now we call it questionable now. And so yeah, I think a lot of a lot of what I was doing wasn't necessarily questionable. I mean, I wasn't sort of uh sneaking into sacred <laughs> places or anything. But it, but it was sort of the, the the question of the mindset which for me was very much this goal oriented uh uh tunnel vision style uh, You know, run the run the river, no matter the cost. Accomplish the mission, um, which is very outdated and a foolish way to think. At any time, but especially especially while uh, traveling in a in a foreign land, and and um, missing a lot of a lot of opportunities to understand and connect while I was there. And so it was really my my deconstruction of my in my failure my inability to um to uh, adapt myself to to the ways in which traveling and travel writing might be changing
0: now Mm -hmm. but of course that that book that you were kind of referencing was what 1890s sometimes 1867 1860s okay yeah so a long time ago yeah yeah you you mentioned that the 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 trip would you know was to be the start of your your writing career and you and your partner went down the river so you know what what were you doing prior to that and, and did you kind of envision yourself to to eventually become a travel writer like what was what was going on at that at that point in time in your um, life
1: Yeah you know before then before we went down to Brazil I'd been working on the family farm in Canada uh so it was just you know, was spending a winter with cows in the summer with crop, and i I'd, I'd done a few trips before, a few uh, traveling trips, but nothing, uh, n- nothing that had resulted in any sort of desire to write. I think I think at any, uh, if anything, at that point I had I was much more on the fiction side. I much more wanted to write and pursue fiction, mm-hmm. and and that's still that's still true today. Um but uh yeah i was i was sort of tired of traveling aimlessly you know i, I really wanted a a purpose and i felt that by going to brazil with this sort of goal in mind would be what would provide me with a, a a plot for 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 lack of a better word a plot that i could mold into a into a narrative and then subsequently into a a career in 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 travel writing but i just didn't have the the knowledge of what it took to, to write a travel book at that point, you know, the, the required research and the time and the, the energy and the, the tenacity. I, I was very uh, naive about it. Mm-hmm. I, I could, uh, I, I could wrangle a calf, but I couldn't write worth a, worth a shit. So, um, it was a big, it was a big um, wake up call when I, when I did finish the trip, because I, I had, I, I did write a, a sort of a little piece, a little text afterwards. It's sort of novella sized, but I, I couldn't sell it. And you know, that was very, very depressing because when, when you're just starting out, you have this uh, very alternative view of how things are going to happen and they are usually predicated on success and, and, fame and riches right off the bat but of course that rarely if ever happens um so i you know i sort of went into this slump and i didn't know if i could write or if i wanted to write for a long time a few years and uh i mean at this point you know just thinking now thank god that book died i mean thank god nobody picked it up it it died a deserved death uh (laughs) And if it was out in the world now, it'd be a it'd be a disgrace to us all. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I was a real outsider coming into the into the writing world. I didn't, I didn't, I knew less than nothing. You know, I'd never even heard of the New Yorker magazine. I mean, I just didn't know anything. And uh, yeah, I don't think that's uncommon. You know, the publishing in the writing world is so. Intentionally obscure for some reason.
0: Mm-hmm. You would mentioned being unprepared or wet behind the ears as you're trying to launch what would become your your writing career, and so you're unprepared for a variety of ways. Uh, but it seems that you know falling back on Victorian literature or the explorers from the Victorian period um, was also. Uh, leading to some sort of a failure, as you mentioned earlier, about perhaps kind of looking back or harking back to a period of time that's no longer alive today or no longer applicable for exploration, travel, and for that matter, writing. So I guess, you know, this is a way to ask, um, you know, in what ways do you think that falling back on Burton? Um, as as your guide, right? Uh, in what ways? Yeah. Uh, what ways falling back on Burton hampered or uh, threatened or kind of somehow undermined your experience on the river?
1: Well, I think I think the biggest um, thing was you know, holding on to that that past is. Well, let let, let me put it this way: it, it's good to to know about those things. I don't think this is a question of, of denying anything or, or trying to tack in the, in the complete opposite direction or anything. I think it's all, it's all about uh, building on things, but the, the big difference was that uh, as trying to sort of, as I was trying to hold on to that antiquated style, Mm -hmm. I was inevitably trying to put me in the, in the center of things and create a, a narrative around myself, which uh, that is something that I think has been a little bit played out at this point as far as travel writing goes. I mean, there are very interesting people doing very interesting things, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're adding anything to the conversation. Which uh, I certainly wasn't in, in what I was trying to do. So this is, I mean, this piece that I wrote is my my attempt to salvage what I can and sort of look a little bit beyond um myself uh and try to yeah yeah repair repair the damage mm-hmm. <laughs> that i wrought uh yeah you know it's all it's all about it's more about um taking heed of what's around you than right than what's within you and what what's within you is all well and good but a lot of it just belongs in a diary um not out in the world and and that was that was the big problem i think
0: yeah we we hear this these conversations or debates about travel media travel journalism i think more than than we hear about these debates in travel books for some reason um but you know we hear people talking about Decentering uh, the self in, in travel media, um, and from the perspective mm-hmm. of writing, I don't know, a service piece uh, about a destination or something that that makes sense um, because mm-hmm. you want to write something that's helpful or informative or something to that effect. But you know, it's interesting that this debate is kind of—I don't know if it's started in travel media and it's kind of seeping into travel literature, travel books. But the, mm-hmm. the debate certainly is kind of being extended in, in, in into that field. And, you know, as someone who reviews books, um, and, and also writes kind of features, um, what are the I guess problems in books that don't have the self uncentered or let me to put it another way, like what what might be the problems in writing about a personal experience traveling for you know, we all have our different contexts and our different backgrounds and our unique perspectives. You know, certainly there's something unique about each one. What might be the problem in a, in a travel book that's not decentered?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good question. You know, I guess the most obvious thing to point to is that you might just be a really boring person <laughs> uh, if you're if you and if you think writing about yourself is going to to somehow draw an audience or, or be entertaining, then you might be mistaken. Uh, but I think there, there may be is a tendency to sort of, to, um, draw too close a comparison to the people you are ostensibly writing about or the place you're ostensibly writing about. I mean, being able to go out and write about things is this sort of position of of power and you people we we tend to not go out and write about people in positions of power it tends to be the opposite we tend to seek out people who can't tell their own stories or or are in some way put on the sidelines and there, there are a variety of reasons that that's the case whether or not it's um you know whether because those people can't tell their own stories or just because no one else has been there before and it's something novel, um, but I think you know, if I go to Brazil and I try to put me into the story, you know, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have a a, a deep, long lasting connection with Brazil, and I, I might be able to write a, a very compelling, um, informative, entertaining book about the experience, but me being in it isn't necessarily going to. To help it at all. And I think trying to force that personal connection is where it, it really gets a little bit dicey. I mean, the travel writer can be a very compelling figure in and of themselves. They can be, they could be funny or erudite or um, just sort of, you know, a fun person to, to take that journey with. Um, and that, that's fine. That's fine too. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing really wrong with with the the author being in the book. It's just whether or not they think they're the most important part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it also seems like you know there's some conversation about the fashion of of memoir. You know, memoir to me has a particular tone, and you know, the last twenty years or so, we've seen memoir as a genre just really kind of skyrocket. um, You know, in some ways, take over travel writing or kind of nudge travel writing as a genre kind of off the shelves. Um, You know, but there is, I guess, a fine line between travel writing as a genre and, and memoir if it's a memoir about travel. But you see, like read somebody like Peter Matheson's the snow leopard, you know, now we would say, Oh, that's kind of a very memoiry like travel book. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's, the protagonist of that book very much so um and the point of the book is not necessarily to to talk about the leopard right the snow leopard who cares about that mm-hmm. or or the himalayas like that's not part of the book i guess it right. also depends on what what's the point of the book or what's the central story being told here yeah um
1: yeah I, you know i think i think it, i think it probably in the end just comes down to to skill i mean it's sort of um it's a very dry place to take it, not very philosophical, but, uh, you know, a lot of things in, in writing do come down to that and you can, there's no story so compelling and no person so compelling that they can't be written badly or is it, or poorly, right. (laughs) I'm not too sure which it is. Uh, but you know, there is something to be said for that. Um, it's not a, it's not an, an ignorable factor in all this. That if something just isn't written well, it doesn't matter how how uh, interesting it might have been.
0: Right. It's like a, a skilled writer or a skilled storyteller can make even the most boring experience sound like <laughs> oh, ma- magical, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's what a, that's what so many people love about um, writing is that it can be it can speak to their their own. You know, supposedly boring life. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: but I get what you mean about the the Burton question circling back to that. You know, um, especially the the point of your article for me, and I won't give too much away. We'll let the kind of the readers to go to go read it. But <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. one of yeah. one of the takeaways for me is that you know, by by falling back on the on the past or kind of maybe relying too heavily on on the past, especially a distinctly colonial vision of the past, right? Uh, mm-hmm. one I guess fails to see the present and falls into some sort of trap in some way. But um, uh, you know,
1: I mean I think I think everything everything now in travel writing, or the most prescient things in travel writing, maybe not prescient, but the, the most pertinent, most relevant travel writing being written now is all a deconstruction of of empire. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a if it's not, I'm not sure it's paying attention. I mean travel writing at its core is about paying attention to the world around you whereas as memoir could perhaps be said to be the sort of blending of paying attention to what's happening within you with the world without you but you the, the best travel writing is really really taking note of what's happening around you and and to see where the world is going and to show where the world is going create this record and right now it's it's all about the, the disillusion, uh, this um, the, the the dissolving of these of these old empires, and I mean, that's why it's so important to to have these different voices come out now, because they're the they're the voices that have been um, repressed for these many many millennia, and uh, they're the ones who are really offering something new and novel to be to be read.
0: Hmm, and it's like all the all the writers, um, you know, it's, it's like the, the the practice of writing books is in some ways catching up to to the academic debates that came about in the 70s about postcolonialism. It's like finally, <laughs> you know, these ideas have entered the public uh, in such a in such a degree that people are understanding the role of empire and representation. In travel media, such that they're responding to them in their own works, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's true. This is
1: this is nothing new in the sense that people have been talking about it for for fifty years now. Um, but it's it sort of it's it's new in the sense that you can get a a popular um, good uh, good selling book uh, out of these ideas now, which, like you said, it would have been purely the realm of academia
0: mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about new uh, Hidden Compass um is is a new publication uh for for me um mm-hmm. I hadn't heard about it before. Um mm-hmm. and but from what I gather Hidden Compass I think it's hiddencompass.com um in uh, a, dot .net dot .net sorry. Hidden <laughs> compass.net. So in addition to to paying journalists for their stories, they also help set up like a crowdfunding campaign associated with the articles and proceeds are split somehow
1: the publication is run by sabine k bergman and suvani babu and these are two uh sort of venerate travel journalists who um just wanted to just wanted to make their own magazine as i as i understand it and you know they 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 pay a rate for for contributors but they also establish this crowdfunding um Portion that allows readers to support writing they feel is worth supporting. Uh, it's sort of a sort of a bit of a bulkhead against all of the free content that is out there. I mean, Hidden Compass does provide their content for free, and people can people can read it for free. And There's you know not stopping anybody from doing that. That's fine, uh, but they can also contribute uh into these crowdfunding campaigns which is split 50-50 between the contributor uh like myself and the magazine so that the magazine
0: can continue to continue to uh operate. Mm-hmm. So, so I associate crowdfunding campaigns with i guess plans or um some kind of uh, product or, or something like there's there's a, i guess um, a goal that's associated with the the, the crowdfunding campaign is are, are do you have any goals associated with your crowdfunding campaign or is it just kind of just to support um good writing and uh journalists that people respect
1: yeah i mean personally you know i mean i uh i do intend to hopefully eat in the continuing days. <laughs> uh, so that's always a, a concern as I, as I monitor the crowdfunding campaign, but I, I do have, there are always long-term projects and short-term projects that require funding. Um, you know, I, I'm working on this, um, book project now that, uh, is taking me to central Asia a lot. And, you know, being able to, to put money towards that is obviously a, a wonderful thing. And, Writing is one of those jobs where the the pay is never commensurate with the time, and and that's okay. There are a lot of jobs like that, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, but it, but it's aggravating when you know some some social media kid, some publishing house is making twenty five grand a year to spread the word <laughs> about a book for which the author got paid five grand. Right. You know, and it, the, the the two or three years it took the author to write that book, five grand doesn't go very far you know what's that 50 cents an hour or something so yeah um uh, like like i said before it's it's just this um it's just this model to fight the the monster of free content because free content is not necessarily good content and it's not a good it's not a good uh, practice for anybody to get into the habit of it. It just sort of cheapens
0: everything. And uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so free content seems like the creating a world in which everyone is racing to the bottom and it's creating kind of um, derid- derivative uh, works. I mean, you think about kind of all travel media, online free travel media um, in, the, in, the, in the context of blogs. I mean, most of this is just kind of, Deriv- derivative you you search something on on google and you get 10 articles that all say the same thing in different ways <laughs> you know? yeah um, you know it's true yeah. Uh, but yeah that's interesting um so it, just to put it out there your your article is called the river has no hair and they can find that mm-hmm. at hiddencompass.net so if they want to read that and perhaps donate to your campaign that's that's how they go about doing it and there are other other interesting articles there and, and, and other campaigns that, um, I, I recommend, uh, listeners go check out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you also about, uh, book reviewing because uh, you review books mm-hmm. for the site and, um, mm-hmm. it seems to me I've, I've done a couple of book reviews, um, for my, for the site as well. And it's something that I find, uh, quite difficult uh, it's 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 a it's a pe- peculiar form to write a, a travel book uh, review right uh, to mm-hmm. write a book review of any in any genre but I, I find it particularly uh difficult for for travel books um i was i'm reading through right now jonathan rabin's uh, for love and for love and money and um oh, no. it just coincidentally he um I, I got to a section where um he speaks about book reviewing and he used to make a living reviewing books in addition to other things. But um, he notes that reviews are like caricatures or, or cartoons, that they, they mm-hmm. must resemble the likeness of the book being reviewed. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, you know, what your approach is to writing book reviews and whether or not this kind of idea resonates with you.
1: Um, well, I mean, I, I, would, I would not deign to disagree with Jonathan Rabin. <laughs> I I did I did read somewhere I think it was I think it was last year uh when I sort of started my my career in in its um earnestness in earnest uh, that if you want to be a a serious writer you have to write book reviews because it it forces you to read it forces you to read uh deeply and to look for the author's intention. I mean, I, I read many more books than the than the ones I just review, but the ones you review re- receive a sort of special uh, attention. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, so that's one reason to write book reviews as a as a as a writer. You know, it just sort of helps you improve, and it it'll it'll sort of deconstruct the 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 process of writing a little bit um as to my actual process of of writing reviews I, I i tend to think of the review as this sort of um beast all of its own like i think it should be um it should be just like writing an article about a a topic and you would just have this one source to pull from let's say um one main source. And then you're, you're pulling from all these other sources as well. And you're trying to make a compelling piece of prose that can stand on its own. I mean, I like to write things that you wouldn't necessarily need to have read the book or want to read the book to feel like you haven't quite wasted your time reading the review. Um, And I think it's, it's important to, to, add something to the conversation with a review, not just build up or, or, or break down as it were, whether the book was good or bad. Um, but to really add to the conversation that that book is, is trying to make.
0: Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes here. So, uh, if I can summarize (laughs) this, um, and you tell me if this is on point or not, but um, your approach. Your approach um, to to reviewing is basically a, a review must stand on its own uh, mm-hmm. as, as an article uh, with with a point and it must add to the conversation, an idea, not just reiterate or rehash kind of the plot of of the book that you're reviewing. It has to have some sort of um, point onto itself and also kind yeah. of um, an idea. Yeah, because the you know when you
1: when you think of a book. There's the back of the book, the sort of uh, the elevator pitch, and that's basically a, re- a little mini review in itself, trying to compel you to read the book. And I think it's better to to take what the book is trying to say, and deconstruct a little bit about um, whether it's worth saying, why it's worth saying, who else talked about it, maybe the reviewer's own thoughts, um, and. Yes, to make to make a, an article that can stand on its own, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you ta- you you mentioned that uh, to be a serious writer, one must uh, read uh, lots of books and perhaps read widely as well. And I was mm-hmm. wondering, of course, you just mentioned that you're kind of writing your own book. You're in your you're you're working on your own kind of book length project. Mm-hmm. But from the perspective of a travel journalist, um, is is there any uh, because travel journalism, writing features and writing books, um, the book form and the feature form, the essay form, I mean, these are kind of two distinct things, right? And I was wondering if there's any, any utility. I hate to break it down to utility, but is, is there any kind of utility that a travel features writer can, can get from reading even a longer form of the, the travel book? Is there something there that can be helpful? For, for the writer? Um,
1: I mean, I, I, uh, un, undoubtedly
0: the, the advantage of a book is
1: that you just have more time to spin things out and you can, you can sneak down different alleyways and pursue, pursue a longer motif. Um, whereas you're really constrained when you're writing articles or, or, or profiles or, or something of that sort. And you, you really have to get, you can't bury the lead. You have to get right to the point. Right. Um, but there is something to be to be drawn from them for sure. I mean, I'm not not uh, absolutely sure what it would be. I mean, my my advice on, on this would be to find writers who do both, because a lot of writers do both, especially authors. Well, will also be will also be you know in a sense travel journalists or
0: they have to the
1: articleers.
0: The market. I mean, yeah. you you mentioned the market. I mean, they, they they sort of have to because of the the payouts and the economics of publishing.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, like like Jonathan Rabin says that uh, the the books are for love, but the the articles are for money, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why a lot of people do end up in journalism is because it's you know it's more rapid fire. It's uh, you know, thing things come at you a lot closer and you finish them a lot faster. You can move on to the next next job but a book is with you often often for years upon years and uh you really need the the love to to spin it out Mm -hmm. but i just going back i would say that the if you find a a writer who is both um writing articles and books and if you if you if you find them take their entire catalog their entire over and uh just study it with a fine tooth comb and you will, you will discover the secret to writing within them. You know, if you look at their books, their articles, their speeches, their short stories, whatever, um, you will find the repetition, the, the foibles, the little eccentricities that, that make a writer and are there little tricks to, to write well and to write prolifically. And that's the secret to how it all happens. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the finding that deconstruction um that really opened the the world up for me because then I, I could see how this sort of um strange ladder that writers climb it's not a, it's not a straight ladder it's you know it goes sideways it goes down it goes across mm-hmm. some people some people climb it and uh, if you if you do that you're looking in uh, uh, any particular writer's entire, work, um, and compare it to itself, you will find out how they did it because they, they can't hide it. You can't hide it.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. You're, you're talking about the ladders going in every different direction. And what is very interesting from my perspective to read is, um, you know, uh, an article written by a travel writer, or an author, or journalist, um, uh, that later becomes, elaborated upon in a book right so um you know from from article to book and seeing how you know the, the the seed of the idea of the book originated in the article indeed portions of the article often appear in the book themselves oh, but it's just, very common but to yeah. see how that unfolds or kind of expands kind of like an accordion i think is really interesting to to, to read and to to see from the perspective of of a writer and a thinker
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you begin to realize that these things aren't, they don't exist in a vacuum, nothing exists in a vacuum. And, you know, it's a, it's a restless mind at work at all times. When you talk about writers, you know, it's amazing. Any of them can fall asleep at night because uh, nothing is ever finished. (laughs) Everything is always left undone, even if it's out there and published, you know, the, the wheels are still spinning. So it is very interesting to see how things can take off and get, a, get legs of their own and walk away.
0: Yeah. Bad sleep, occupational hazard for for a writer. Uh, James, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I mean, we've been exchanging emails for, I don't know, about a year or more, and uh, it's finally good to, to hear your voice and to, to put a face, <laughs> face to the name. Um, why don't you uh, let us know where we can track you down online and maybe just remind us of your Hidden Compass article one last time?
1: yeah absolutely so um, best place to find my stuff is my website which is jrpatterson.ca that's uh, .ca for Canada where I'm from and that's where everything I do that I at least that I am proud of ends up Uh, and once again uh, the, the hidden compass article can be found there and you know there's links that'll We'll send people who care in, in that direction, which should uh, always appreciate the reader.
0: Oh, very good, James. Uh, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. It was a pleasure. We'll do it again sometime. You can find the episode show notes and much more at travelwritingworld.com please remember to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app. And if you find the show valuable, please consider leaving a review or supporting the show with only a few dollars a month at travelwritingworld.com support.